Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. As we stare into the void and contemplate our existence, is it true that what is traded from Vegas must stay in Vegas? This week, apparently, yes. Hmm. And why didn't it work out for poor Evgeny and Anaheim? There must not have been a uh, a Disneyland pass as part of the transaction. Oh, God, that always bites people, doesn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Taxes be darned. But if I don't get a fast pass, I'm not coming, Anaheim. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, that poor guy. And it's just, you know, I it's just going to be the ultimate chef's kiss if Vegas squeaks into the playoffs because of him winning games recently for them. <laughs> yep. I mean, five goals in his last four games. <laughs> Eight points overall, not much to complain about once he was given ice time. And that's a curious thing. His ice time jumped considerably because... Um, guilt? Probably <laughs> necessity, guilt? but it better be because of guilt. Because he was like anywhere between 13 and 15 minutes before the deadline. Last two games, he's averaged a little over 17 minutes. And lo and behold, two wins. It it's shocking how that works. You play a player, and he produces. Hmm. Like you trust a player to do their job, and they actually do it. Yeah. Crazy. And unlike the rest of the team, he doesn't seem to have those hard miles on him. So just just <clears throat> let it roll with Dan. Mm-hmm. Just let it roll. Oh my God! <clears throat> so there's a lot of talk, at least on my Twitter feed, about who's to blame and and the NHL's lack of transparency and who's getting penalized, how, and all the speculation that went around that. <laughs> I I th- I think the spec I think the the penalty is the trade got voided. <laughs> yeah. I think the penalty is the NHL made themselves look even stupider. If that was possible. Uh, I. Uh, How can you not have the no trade clause on the books <laughs> to negate the trade? <laughs> I can understand individual teams not having access to individual players specific clauses in their contract prior to acquiring them that that makes sense mm, unless understand. you go to cap friendly and see them all right well there. <laughs> well as we know there is no need for a central cap site as as we've heard <laughs> since 2015 oh, fans aren't interested in it <clears throat> yeah even if their information is 99.9 percent correct um
No, but the fact that the league on these trade calls can't verify a player's contract details is baffling. No, hang on. Hang on. It, this isn't the contract details. This is a separate entity from the contract. The contract can stipulate that the player has a no trade, no move clause. And it was the understanding. I, I can't believe I'm doing this. It was the understanding of both teams that the player's no trade, no move had been rescinded as part of his deal from Ottawa. Although there was confusion about that as well. <clears throat> Correct. On the Ottawa side. Now, what what is in the contents of you know that limited player approved thing is completely separate. So the contract was stated, yes, it's there. Both parties on the trade call believed that it, it would had been rescinded or was no longer valid because of the move from Ottawa. So this is this is legalese, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> Hmm. I am not a lawyer. I do not play one on a podcast. However. You're going to now. I'm just curious. Why wouldn't like an annual submission of said list that agree, you know, meets with the details of an individual's contract. Why wouldn't that be filed as some sort of addendum or something? very curious why isn't there a database that can be that, that someone can cross-reference at the nhl headquarters with these sorts of things period like key points in player contracts that are like uniform across all contracts right i that's that's what baffles me is that why doesn't central registry have someone have a database manager with a database that has all the players in it. I mean, there's not that many, let's be honest, thousand maybe, including, you know, <clears throat> AHL guys players, and all of that. Players on NHL contracts or right. have yeah. potential NHL contracts. Right. It's the the the, sta the standard player contract is standard. Right. There's, there's no need for them to have all... Uh, there's no need for them to have anything other than salary bonuses and no trade and, and any, any no trade, no move clauses, which are again, separate entities. They don't need to have the players list because everyone's, you know, in the fallout of this, everyone's like there, well, there's going to have to be one. And then, you know, the other side is going, yeah, but just wait until, you know, the those lists get made public and everyone sees that nobody wants to play in Canada and then players are going to be hated and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, you don't. I'm they, not even talking like uh, no, public I, lists, though. Uh, I'm just talking about like basic data management within your own corporation. Right. It's like there. Human Resources has a list of all the employees and all the pertinent details about those employees in regards to what they're doing with the business. But that's right? the that's standard player contract. Right. And, and so and salary. So that's already there. 
All I'm saying is there should be a bit. And all it takes is a one byte in this database. Active, no move, no trade. Right. Yes. And then they can reference the actual contract right. if needed after that. But it's not part of yeah. the contract. It's, there's nothing in the contract about this, Cassie. This, this list is completely a separate entity. It just has to say, is, does this contract, because the contract, all the information in the contract is there. The, the NHL has it. When they, when they do this trade call crap, they do go through it and make sure that salary cap constraints are met, that the number of contracts available to the player, to the team are met, all of that kind of crap, which is part of the boilerplate contract that every player has, mm -hmm. is there. What they don't have is whether a no move, no trade clause is still active. Right, um, and what I'm saying though is that <clears throat> that should be part of the player file in the in said database. Not yeah, that it's, yeah. it has to be in the contract. That it has to be, you know, it, human resources, right? And sure, teams themselves should be maintaining that as well. But well, it's up to the, it's up to the teams to acquire the list. Yes. Player. Yes. And the league shouldn't be responsible for maintaining that list. What they should right. get is some sort of receipt of delivery or acceptance from right. a club. Right. And so should the PA. But if the NHL has to sign off on these things, they should probably have that list. No, it's none of the NHL's business. I'm going to take their. I'm going to take the player's side on this. It's none of the NHL's business. It is that yeah. they have to actually sign nope. off on it. Nope, they just no, nope, because they they get to play mitigator if somebody tries what happened to Dodonov, right? But the NHL should have absolutely no visibility into what that list is. They should just know whether that player holds the right based on the terms of the no move no trade clause, which you know. In the contract, it stipulates key dates. They have to provide a, They have to provide one on demand, or on request, or they have to provide one at specific dates in the calendar year. And it should simply say, has this condition been met? Yes or no? This player has an active no trade clause. Then it's up to completely the general managers, because if I if I have in my database that I have an active no trade clause, mm -hmm. and Vegas goes to Anaheim and says, we want to make a deal for this player. Does he, act, does he have an active no trade clause? Yes. Are we on that list? We don't have the list. Well, you better go get the list. Okay, you're on the list. We have to find someone else. The NHL should have nothing to do with any visibility into that list. Because it's just going to cause nothing but headaches because the minute the NHL gets it, they're like a colander trying to hold water. <laughs> it's going to get out. Right. So I, I don't have any problem with the system, the, the action in the system happening the way it does today. You have to turn in a list by, you know, at two times a year at these key dates to your team and say, these are the teams I'm willing to go to, or these are the teams I refuse to go to. And once we receive that, we let the NHL know that your no trade, no move is still active. Done. 
keeps everybody's little fiefdoms happy. Nobody has to worry about these lists getting out and getting centralized and being made public because, you know, if if Cap Geek and General Fanager and Cap Friendly have got all the contract information because they're being reported as a central registry and somebody's got an in with central registry, well, I'm going to have an in with somebody's no trade list at some point. No, you're right, because they're not run like a normal business. Well, let me ask. Do they want to be one business or 32 separate businesses? Because in this whole drama, I'm not sure anyone can make up their mind because I, I see both sides of it. I don't think they have made up their minds. I think that the teams think that there are 32 separate businesses. I think the NHL is kind of on the fence about that. <laughs> they want it to be one central business, but <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. And which, whichever way they choose to run it this week or not, we can all agree. Um, don't listen to the GMs. Just don't. Yeah, they... the GMs. So? No, I know. <laughs> and your point is? They think they're important. Oh, well, they think they're important, and even after they don't have a job anymore, they'll still think they're important. Mm-hmm. Narcissism runs wild in the NHL. Yes. So my leading theory, because the NHL did put out a statement. Um, I don't have the exact verbiage, but just clearing Ottawa of any wrongdoing, wrongdoing <laughs> or incompetence. Mm. And I'm just guessing Pierre McGuire cleared out a file cabinet to make room for all his um historical archives and that's where the trade clause was lost in the shuffle last year or well i guess so yeah it would have been last summer pierre mcguire i just yeah <laughs> you know Mm-hmm. I do know. Like I'm going to go back Me? to looking for cashew chicken recipes because the NHL just breaks my brain. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. We we finally solved the goal scoring conundrum. It has, nothing, it has nothing to do with goaltending equipment. Gosh, it gets funnier? There's something funnier than this? <laughs> It doesn't. You just ha everyone just has to to have crappy goaltending. Oh no, it's not even crappy goaltending. You actually it's, have to well, make plays that aren't standardized that every other team uses. <laughs> so the goalies know exactly what everyone's going to do anyway. <laughs> players actually have to like perspire and and, and <clears throat> feel a little tired in the third period. They actually have to be but, in the crease. Um, 
No, it's it's just games just gotta get sloppier. That's it. Except for if you're in Edmonton, because let's be honest, it just start over. Start over. Here are your two pieces. Begin again, because oh boy, <sighs> dear God in heaven. I I had to turn that game off. Yeah, I I, I, I cannot continue to watch Miko Koskin and Mike Smith torpedo that team. And and I, and not, you know, the the guys on the ice weren't completely faultless, but dear God in heaven. The shots were about equal and the goals was, was nearly 2 to 1. And that is not all defense. And Koskinen is more of a Jekyll and Hyde goalie than even, say, Peter Mrazek in Toronto right now. It's some nights he looks fantastic, calm, and then other nights it's just. He looks like Mike Smith, who, again, I continue to say that he Mike Smith looks surprised every time he makes a save. His entire his entire body reaction is like, wow, what just hit me? Oh. <clears throat> Drysaddle is still better than Matthews. <laughs> one floats on the outside, one stays on the inside. Draw your own conclusions. Yeah, well, of his hat trick goals, two of them were pretty much in the home plate. One of them was. Yeah, sure, it was on the power play, but he was damn near in front of the net. And I will give it to him. That was a pretty that was a pretty power play goal that he scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to the short post and right back, not even stop the puck, right back to the center. And before the Tudor shooter could get moved, <laughs> it was in. I mean, really, it, it, it kind of felt like bubble hockey, you know, when everyone forgets to play goal. Like, oh, crap, <laughs> I got to move him to the left now. If it weren't for lack of cap space already using up all their LTIR pool, would Stuart Skinner just be on the roster at this point? Can we, like... It can't get any worse than what they have in that. Just give the kid a shot. Wave both those goaltenders and bring up Stuart Skinner and the corpse of somebody else. Cause <laughs> no, no, it's going to be a warm body. Does it? That's kind of why. Well, I guess. I guess in the NHL, you can't really tell either way, right? No. <laughs> Not so much. I mean, the, what they're doing with cooling systems inside of robots and machinery is amazing. I mean, just the computer I am running this, our call on, it, the fan never runs. I never hear it. It's fantastic. I imagine Crosby is much the same way. Yeah, the, the thermal displacement on Crosby is just fantastic. I mean, he registers as a normal human being. 
I mean, after his rookie season where it was all coming out of the head unit, um, which looked like he was talking and yelling at the refs a lot, but it was actually just exhaust. Um, it's fantastic. I think I think I, I think they tweaked his liquid cooling system a little bit. When you have newer models like Connor McDavid coming online, they kind of have to do upgrades, right? Well, yeah, yeah. There's only so much they can upgrade on the, on the Crosby unit, though. Mm-hmm. You know, because some some incompatible heart. You know, they kind of went a little too Apple with Crosby. Mm-hmm. Early days Apple, where you you know like everything was proprietary. Um, so they went to more open architecture platform with McDavid. So. Gotcha. <laughs> we really just went down that discussion. <laughs> oh, I mean, we could keep we could keep going, but um, welcome to Pacific Northwest humor. <laughs> meanwhile, Boston Dynamics is still trying to re- create their robot version of Patrice Bergeron in the event he um, does retire. You'll never know because they're close enough now. I think that's what the elbow infection was for. Mm. Is is there is there yeah, trying? Well, I think they're trying methods on how they can do the swap. Ah, uh, they're they're trying to replace the cooling system with a hydrogen-based one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they're getting close to. I think Boston Dynamics and and those other kids up there in the Northeast are getting close to uh, an efficient process for liquid, um, liquid hydrogen. Construct or creation, you know. I mean, something that could possibly single-handedly bring down the cost of running a um, ice cooling system is the players themselves. You just, you know, kind of like electric cars when you when you bring them home, you plug them into the house, and if the power go, goes out in the house, you run it off your car. Mm-hmm. So as the players are on the bench, you know. They just transfer. I'm not gonna no, because when I don't want to tell you how they would connect. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little uh, rusty on my robotics. Uh, in college, I worked for a physics society and and uh, in the publishing department, and I was working on books on yeah robotics. So. The tailbone. It's been a while. The, the tailbone pad on the pants isn't that big for a reason, and that's why they need that many coaches and trainers on the back of the bench. In case the automated. Yeah, exactly. Um, to to help. Did you plug it in and unplug it? Well. <laughs> did you cause, did cause, restart it? I I think I think. All the training videos are of IT crowd quality for uh, coaches. <laughs> so I think they can figure it out. Oh, one, one. Are they re- the ones running off of Linux that, that you can just like, you know, look up, Google the, uh, this, the script that you need <laughs> <laughs> to like get it to do what you want it to. <laughs> Oh one one eight nine 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 eight eight one nine 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 one one nine seven two five. 
three. <laughs> oh, I'm due for a rewatch. <laughs> fire, fire. Hello? Then, is this the fire department? Then what country did I call? That's two of my favorite ones. <sighs> I've sent an email. Oh, dear God in heaven. Why do I do this to myself watching this sport? Well, it's watch less of the NHL. It's actually been much better. The the college games, both men's and women's, have been pretty entertaining. Okay, that women's final. Watching the oh. last bit of that was a hoot. Mm-hmm. And at the risk of irritating some listeners, way to go, Buckeyes. <laughs> The only time I would ever root for an Ohio State sports entity. Collegiate sports entity. Ohio State. It'll finally force Michigan to uh, start a women's program, I'm I'm sure. Isn't that just mind-boggling? Baffling. One of the premier men's hockey schools in the entirety of the sport and its history has just come on (laughs) like that school has multiple club teams playing different levels of club hockey including a women's team so my question is what the heck happens inside of yost arena when the men's team isn't practicing or playing their 15 to 18 home games a season. Probably not a lot. Because they want to keep it pristine for the mm-hmm. men's. Don't want to screw it up just in case. Don't want the ice to get bad. Mm-hmm. Well, the men's team will screw it up for themselves later tonight. This is probably true. And they'll promptly lose, you know, five guys to contracts two hours later. Mm-hmm. And as 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 I've stated before, I know, I sound like <laughs> Dump Donald on the Fat Albert show. Faber Fab, what up? What up, Fab Albert? Um, I'm totally fine with Maddie Beneers coming to Seattle for a few games. The franchise needs something. Uh, they they need yeah. a new coach, <laughs> a that, new general manager, that will and we're not even through time. the first year. <laughs> Although the the numbers would suggest otherwise, at least the goalies have um, figured some things out. Normalized. The they have finally figured things out together. Uh, to a point where the goalies can adjust. <laughs> let's not go too far, Cassie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Step back uh, a little. Clearly I haven't watched the Kraken play in a while. <laughs> they have been they have been better, but they have also been coached. I mean, can can we ask the question, was Giordano a locker room cancer? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Clearly so, so who's, who's the next captain next year? Who do you think? I'm going with Everlay myself. Nope. 
Ford? Nope. Nope. They'll go no captain. Um, Next year. They shouldn't. Next nope. season. They're not going to announce a captain for the rest of this season, I've been told, but... Oh, that's that's a no-brainer. I mean, there's, right. Yeah. yeah. But as far as next season? Yeah. Um, Everly wants nothing to do with it. it I, my money would be on... Um, McCann? McCann or Vince Dunn, yeah. Vince Dunn? Hmm. If it were done, I could see them waiting a season until he was ready playing that card. Yeah. And that's potential, but, you know, yeah. but we also have to wait to see what happens in the off season. You know, maybe they go sign Zdeno Chara or something for one year. <laughs> yeah. I've never been a fan of like trading for a guy and then slapping the C on him. <laughs> but then I don't really uh, like how they choose captains anyway. So <laughs> Generally speaking, in the NHL, so you're, I I don't like it how they don't choose captains. Sometimes. That too. Yeah. So, are are you a fan of signing a free agent and slapping a captain's C on him? Not immediately. Not like the first season. So n- not no Chara. <laughs> I mean, I I'm kind of of the opinion that like. You should watch the guy play and see how he interacts with the team for a couple of months before you decide to do that, rather than, oh, you look like a likely candidate. Here, boom, you're done. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I'm just old-fashioned that way. But then there's always the exception to the rule, and I'm not going to invoke Mark Messier, but... Um, yeah, the guy where this he he did it twice. One the time. The guy who worked, retired time... in Vancouver for three years. Hey, hey, hey! That, no, was, no, a, no. that was a working vacation. Uh, <laughs> sure he, was. he he was he he just couldn't adjust back to um, West Coast time. That uh, was, yeah, yeah. That they had to get rid of Trevor Linden just to be sure about that. That was a working vacation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure, it was. It was. He he showed up to work. Didn't, no, he did. Didn't do anything while he was there, but he showed up to work. He was physically present. You are correct. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like the retirement in place, right? He was on light duty. Yeah. Yeah. Desk duty, you know. <laughs> Answer the phones, you know, do some PR here and there. Make sure that the number 11 will never get retired in Vancouver. <laughs> that people spit whenever his name like comes up in Vancouver. Even even if, you know, even if some, you know, even if they get Connor Bedard and Connor Bedard starts wearing number 11 in Vancouver and, and goes on to, you know, have a, have a, you know, break records and do all, they'd still never retire 11 in Vancouver. <laughs> Oh no, they might. They might, but it'd have to be like twenty years from now, you know. Oh, I, I did. The stink of, of what happened to state of the I, I think at least four <laughs> generations needs to go by. <laughs> How mediocre, but yet 
adored by fans would a player have to be to get number 11 retired in Vancouver? It wouldn't take much. You could be thoroughly adored by fans and uh, it still never happened because people would still go, oh, Messi wore that number. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Too bad Brian Burke wasn't able to acquire the first and second picks of that draft instead of (laughs) second and third. You know, because that would have the whole issue. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It wouldn't have changed anything. You would have just taken them one and two. Well, no, but then fine. It would have been. Oh, they, I see what you're saying. If, and, they, if worn, they went one and two, they were, would have worn, worn 11, 11 and 22. And 22. Yeah. Hendrick yeah. would have been, or Daniel, oh, I guess, I since he technically was drafted first, he wore, he would wear 11. I forgot all, I forgot that's why they chose their numbers. No, they would have, he, he would have seniority, right? Messier would have still gotten the number. No, wait, did they play at the same time? They didn't no. play at the same time. No, no. right. Right. Sorry. No. It's the week was a blur, and I'm still like my brain's not still here. Okay. Anyway, go on. This, that that he, was he would have finished. <laughs> he Messier was done, and went and uh, ended his vacation and his sabbatical from the Rangers right before they were drafted. Mm, okay. Now somebody would have talked him out of taking twenty or taking eleven then. Because that would have been too fresh in everyone's minds. Would have been like, no, yes. don't do it, no. don't do it. I'm sorry, <laughs> they they were drafted. It was before they made their debut in the 2000-2001 season. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even now to this day, Messier has been gone for how long now? 20 years? 22. 22 years. And Vancouver Connects fans despise him with a passion that's almost holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to take at least three or four generations, and it's and and some form of, you know, it'd take a Connor Bedard doing what Connor Bedard did, you know, over the span of say 18 years, mm-hmm. you know, five, six, seven Stanley Cups in Vancouver, you know, <laughs> all wearing number 11, Art Ross trophies, yeah. Richards. Ted Lindsay, all of that kind of stuff. And they'd probably still wait another 20 years to retire number 11. Yep. Just to clear the blood. Yep. See, it would have been okay. Not great still, but it would have been more palatable if Trevor Linden had not been traded because of Messier. I think that was, that was the step too far for most Canucks fans. Oh, so, so the, the Canucks were really the first Vegas in that sense, right? With Mark Andre yeah. Fleury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, <clears throat> it from the outside looking in, it looked like Messier came in and insisted on being captain, and that meant getting rid of Trevor Linden, who was captain at the time and very beloved by Canucks fans, and uh, and that Linden was traded specifically so that Messier could wear the C. Actually, I think the C was stripped from Linden and given to Messier first, and then Linden was traded. I don't remember that for sure, though. I was going to college at the time, so I was like an hour and a half away from Vancouver when all of this was going on. But, um, but yeah, there was definitely Trevor Linden was captain. Everybody was like 
totally like loving Trevor Linden and loved that he was captain. And then Messier comes in, Linden gets traded, Messier gets the C, and everybody's like, okay, so now what? You know, well, Messier better be worth this, and he wasn't. <laughs> do you, do you think though that the debacling of the reemergence of Trevor Linden in that franchise softened that any? No, because it was all, it ended up, in my opinion, it ended up making it worse because it was like, oh, so we, he's back. Well, we should never have got, gotten rid of him to begin with. Yeah, well, no, I'm talking about his management tenure. Right, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know if the management tenure made much of a difference because he did return as a player, lo and behold, oh, um, shortly after Messier, Messier was gone. <laughs> yeah. color, color me shocked. But yeah, right? <laughs> there was there, that management tenure was had some had some had some funk to it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people got upset because of the stink that he, you know he made things worse in cases so what i'm you know the the sheen on the trevor linden timeline um is not nearly as glossy as it used to be right is what i'm saying right right now i, I think you know having this you patrick lived in western washington and dealing with Canucks fans and things like that. Um, I think Canucks fans are pretty good about distinguishing Trevor Linden, the player, from Trevor Linden, the front office guy. We are talking about the same Vancouver area residents, right? (laughs) No, no, she just said Canucks fans. She did not say... Vancouver-based okay. Canucks. Fans. Well, so so you know, this is years later, right? And like, I still see people talking about Trevor Linden, the player, you know, in in revered tones, as it were, and no mention of him in in the front office. That that never happened, in most people's opinions. From what I know, okay, so they're they're they're, in denial. they're they're choosing selective memory. Okay. Yes. Yes, gotcha. which is more accurate to Vancouver Canucks fans. <laughs> In fairness to Lyndon, Jim Benning was there the whole time, too. Yeah, so they kind of shrugged, shrugged everything off on Benning. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, at, while Lyndon was there, of course, people were not happy with what was perceived to be what Lyndon was doing, right? God knows what he was actually doing versus what people were thinking he was doing. But, um, but yeah, it, it was mostly a, um, they just tend to shrug everything off onto Benning and pretend that, and think about Lyndon as a player instead of anything else. <laughs> they really are just making it selective memory. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, come on, Connect fans. Hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. You ask any one of them, and they don't remember at all that they rioted after losing <laughs> two game sevens. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, some of them will. Some of them will joke about it, but usually, if if you bring it up, they'll be like, "What?" 
we did that. No, wait. But then, yeah, never then, then like, if, if they bring it up themselves, it's okay. Because oh. they'll bring it up themselves occasionally. It's like, oh, you know, you guys don't want to do that. We'll start rioting again. But if you bring it up, then they're like, we never did that. <laughs> gotcha. They're gaslighting so, themselves. Uh, so, so thoroughly, continually proving their selective memory. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like more, most sports fans. And they all. Or executives. They'll selectively choose never to forget Mark Messi who ruined the franchise. Just like I will never forget Team Mussolini stealing money from the Colorado Avalanche for one year. Because mm -hmm. that's what it was. He just basically... He wanted to play with... He wanted to still play with Paul. Put on a black and white jumper and a face mask and... <laughs> scurried out of the arena with a bag with money signs on it every night. You notice it's always the big name players that people don't like <laughs> for whatever reason. Most of them, every, most of them people like, okay, but then they do something like that. And it's like, Oh, like you're not going to, you're not going to talk about a fourth liner like that. You know, <laughs> usually you'd never, you would never dis Shajan Podine like that. <laughs> Or Dan a note. <laughs> well, because they came, they came in. You know, let's let's see how many cliches I can throw out here. They came in with their hard hat and their lunch pail and put the work in and made sure that they were a good, a shining example for the kids and made sure that they left it all on the ice every night and they were getting pucks in deep and grinding away, playing a two hundred foot game. There, everybody's bingo card should be full now. Ugh. That made my heart hurt. <laughs> all with all with sick flow. God. Tight feathers. <clears throat> mm -hmm. You can stop now. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, hey, bud. <sighs> yeah, those. Post cop abs teams were. Oh, I don't even know how to describe those. Cringeworthy. I mean, unless you're forgetting America's sweetheart, Bates Battaglia, winner of whatever that CBS competition show is, where you travel all over the country. The Great British Baking Show? <laughs> oh, now that would have been hilarious. Great British Bake Off. Yeah, they kept changing the title on that. Mm. Well, you know, the, the reason, lawyers, Bake Off <laughs> is a trademark term by somebody in the U.S., and that's why they have to have both. So the hosts have to do their cold opens that really yeah. aren't cold, but, but they have to do them twice. In two different languages. <laughs> It's almost it's almost like they're making programming for Quebec. <laughs> Tangents us? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the ultimate Bry master. All yeah. right, so yeah, oh three oh four Colorado Avalanche. Is this is this the the 
third or fourth Peter Forsberg comeback? This should be between Peters. Isn't it? Uh, did he act? Was this when he was in Philly or Nashville? Neither. Neither. He stayed in Colorado. Okay. Up until the lockout. Oh, okay. That's right. However, this is the infamous year with um, the um, real money launderer, Solani. It wasn't money laundering. It was just flat out stealing. <laughs> Can you tell me where he ranks on that team for regular season scoring? Solani? Solani. Damn near dead last. Oh, okay, I don't Cassie? Even know. Uh, I'm going to go with like fifth overall. Fifth? Random guess. Okay. Um, he currently, he on that year, he ranks ninth. 16 goals, 16 assists, 32 points. And, but can you tell me the player directly ahead of him? I'm trying um, to Deadmarsh? I'm trying no, wait. To think. Was no, Deadmarsh Dead, retired I, by then because concussions? I think Deadmarsh Dead was gone. I think he was in L.A. Was gone. Yes. Um, was it Steve Connawalchuk? Was Connawalchuk there at that time? Connawalchuk was there, but he was three spots ahead of Solani, sixth on the team with thirty-nine points. Okay. So I had to look it up myself. I'm not, I'm taking myself out of the running. So Keith Jones? <laughs> no, he wasn't there at that he point. He was not there. He was in Philly by then. Yeah. Oh, who's on that line with Kano? Oh, dear God. No, I'm, drawing, I, I'm drawing a blank. Was it Sean Podine? No, because I think Podine was gone, too, at that point. He might have been. It wasn't a forward. How about it that? It was not a forward. We'll give you that. And it's not the defender you're thinking of, either. Rob Blake was gone. I think he was in San nope. Jose. No, Blake nope. was there? Blake was still there. I believe that was his last season. Yes. No, one more. He, okay. He remained in Colorado until 06, 07. Krupp was gone. Lecision was gone. Uwe Krupp. Oh, I miss him. <laughs> He's doing good things in Germany, though. John Michael Lyles? The, you got it. The beautiful-eyed man with excellent ties on TV. Oh. Why do they have Rycroft on there? But no, rookie season. Yeah. 23, yep. 34 points. And of course, uh, Korea was directly ahead of John Michael Lyles, but he only played 51 games. Uh, Tony Granada was head coach, and Rick Tockett was an assistant. Yep. Yep. But uh, Peter Forsberg, uh, fourth on the team in scoring with 55 points in 39 games. Yeah, I was going to say he barely played half that season. And Solani played like 70 or 80, I think. 78. Yeah. Yeah. So he was stealing money. He had 
32 points? No, penalty minute. Sorry. <laughs> he was stealing money. No, he was still 32 points on the season. He had 16 goals, which is a far cry from his rookie season in the original Winnipeg, where he had 76 goals as a rookie, I believe. Yeah. Now, no, this, this was the end of his slide. And then he went and got knee. He went and got knee surgery, which he required, mm-hmm. and used that lockout year to recover. To recover, and then went to Anaheim and tore it up. And you know, went went on like a house on fire. He knew going into the abs that he wasn't going to be any. So that's why I'm saying he stole money. Yeah, no, he just wanted to be there because Paul Korea was there. Yeah. That was the only reason. I mean, Korea, like, he didn't even play a full season either because he, yeah, yeah. I think he no, hit and, his concussion problems. And Korea used that weird backdoor rule on free agency where he went in and got paid, like, some ridiculous, it was like a million or something. Yeah. Went in for a lowball number so that he could max out on his next deal. Mm-hmm. And then Solani, you know, and they tried to get him both under a certain amount and they ended up paying Korea like a million or a million five and Solani like almost six, I think, which was a yeah, massive it, overpay. And, and Korea was out that oh four oh five season two. He yeah. didn't play anywhere. But, but yeah, oh, Paul, uh, Paul, Paul, I got nothing but sympathy for poor Paul, but, but half those Ferraris and crap that Timu Solani's are driving around paid for by the abs because he didn't do anything for him. But in fairness to him, he was trying to um, erase the Daryl Sutter and briefly Rodden Wilson programming he had in San Jose. All right, but he played yes. in San Jose. Mm-hmm. I always forget that he bounced around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was okay when healthy in San Jose, but. No, he was fine in San Jose until the knee started to go. And then rather than Mm -hmm. take care of it, he just continued to try and play on it and play on it and play on it and steal as much money as he could. Because would you pay $5 million for, was it 32 points? (laughs) Yeah. 16 goals and 16 assists in is 78 it, I, games. That is the current GM playbook. Well, I was going to say... Is, yeah, but this was, what, 18 years ago? years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 18, 20 years ago. You know, that's one of those contracts that got us to the lockout, right? It's like the Martin Lapointe contract. Why are they paying Martin Lapointe, a guy who's hardly ever scored as much money as some of the guys on their first line? Well, it's because they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep, and now uh, we're all like, well, you know, now we're going to pretend we're clever and put everything on LTIR. God, don't get me started on that whole. We're going to talk about how we can close the loop for the playoffs. No, screw you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. You wrote the damn law. Yeah. <laughs> just just to Tampa to, like, exploit the loophole, that's it, all. No, no it's really not mad because... It was, uh, right. They're just mad because Tampa gloated about it. They're and obvious. you know what? Well, they should because um, as good as Kucherov played, 
he was nowhere near 100%. He just put up a ton of power play points. Yeah. He looked awkward skating. But you know what? Adrenaline's a heck of a drug. Among others that I'm sure that he was using. (laughs) Painkillers and such. Guys. I, you know what? It's funny because nobody griped about it with Kane and the Blackhawks. No, well, no, because it was you know Chicago being Chicago, and it wasn't the giant ticket that you know Kucherov is that any of Vegas's players are. You know, that was still Kane's uh, second contract, I want to say. And then the big ticket came. Yeah, but they still went and maxed out because that was the year they went and got um, Hansel, right? They got Hansel. They've got um, Kimo Tiemann in. Yeah. We they, think. We think because, yeah. you know, it was, it was hard to see. <laughs> for the five minutes he played. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I, so they did exactly what Tampa did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... They just weren't as obvious, like, I totally obvious about it. I don't think the coverage was as... Again, it's Chicago, right? I mean, there's a certain level of behavior expected of some teams. You know, whether whether people want to admit to that or not, it's it, it's still a truth. It's like you Chicago or not, not Chicago, Boston and Philadelphia get away with certain things that most of the rest of the league couldn't. Right. But and <clears throat> Chicago is no different in just in a different way. So do you do you do you have a wonder? Um, I had. The media not gotten on Tampa as hard as they did about it. Do you think Tampa would have been gloating as much? No. Right. So it's no. backlash. So it's backlash from media. Media get, coverage. And do you think that the United States media or Canadian media fed that fire? I would say a little of both. Because let me posit this. What if it was Tampa who used it to their advantage in 2015 and then Chicago did it later two years in a row? I think they still would have gone after Tampa. And here's mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. New market. Mm-hmm. Sunbelt. Mm-hmm. Not a, not an, uh, close your ears, Cassie and Pat, not an original six team. Ah, did somebody say something? I, I, I felt something. There, there was a disturbance, a disturbance in, the in the force. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, we all know that that certain teams get, and I'm not talking like from a penalty perspective that a lot of fans like to pretend you know it's like how many times have we all been on twitter and seen a game going and fans on both sides of the same game are like oh the other team's getting favorable calls right when it's not that way at all but 
the league, the media often overlook behave, bad behavior from certain teams and certain players, whether that's their own blind spot or they do it deliberately. That's anybody's guess. But um, but there's favoritism totally in the NHL um, in a big, ugly way. And and it's not necessarily on ice officiating. It's more, you know, a team has a player that has legal problems, whether that's overlooked and or suddenly it's blown up into a big thing. Well, that's determined by the media, right? I mean, or the league and or the league. It has nothing to do with whether or not, you know, the team isn't where they're at in the standings or anything. Usually, sometimes it does if they're really good. But, I mean, you know, it's some some teams can get away with things and some can't. And Tampa is and Carolina and the Sunbelt teams generally really are not allowed to get away with much. <laughs> and we'll include Vegas in the Sunbelt, right? Uh, well, I mean, you can include Dallas and St. Louis, sort of, and uh, Arizona, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose. <laughs> These markets are all a problem until a beat writers and columnists have to make a road trip there during the winter. Right. And then, and then suddenly they go quiet. And it becomes the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but can we all stand and applaud the most ultimate Joe Sackick of Joe Sackick statements <laughs> about them not having to use LTIR to be cap compliant. I mean, uh, that was, that was solar eclipse level shade for everybody. <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not just saying teams, I'm saying the press too. Right. Right. And then, and then cap friendly, the guy who runs the cap friendly uh, Twitter account, this was before the trade deadline had happened. He, he asked, so did you guys send someone down to the miners? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the reply. <laughs> but, of course, after the trade deadline, it doesn't matter how many players you're carrying on your roster. So, As long as you're cap compliant. Right. That's all and that matters. You, and you don't And have... surprisingly, they are carrying... Uh... 23? Uh, 24, actually. They have a third goalie? No, 14, 9, and 2. Can I do math? No. Am I really a journalist? No. No. Nope, I just can't add. That's 25. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that's... 25. 23 or 25? Oh, you know what? Never mind. 25, because they... Um, Who's the defenseman? Is it? It's not Gerard that's out. Why am I? It is Gerard. Gerard Gerard is out. out. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, He is technically on the roster, which would help them in the event of a injury. In theory, he is on short-term injury. I think. Mm -hmm. IR. I think he's on IR, not LTIR. But yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that Sackick's like looking around going, uh, we don't have to resort to tricks. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you know why? <laughs> uh, fourth <laughs> thought. 
Look at Nathan McKinnon's contract. I know. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Come talk to me next year, Joe. <laughs> what, what happens next? Oh, they lose everyone just to keep McKinnon. Yeah. Except for they'll re-sign Jack Johnson for some reason. Lest you I, forget. Everybody somehow does. I will. Uh, I, 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 as the proxy general manager of the Seattle Kraken, will gladly take a lightly used Gabriel Landeskog off your hands if you need to clear cap space. Mm, he, he didn't want to go in the expansion Shh. draft. <laughs> Shush. Shush. Although he would very much enjoy the Seattle area because a lot of people who are of um, Scandahuvian, the 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 Nordic types. Um, always sit there and say it's so much like home. He could, what, Kitchener? <laughs> Remember, he played for Kitchener. I know. I know he did, but that's not actually where he's from. <laughs> Again, we get to this. Fun, I think. <laughs> we go back to this where, the, where they're from and where they're from, you know. Um, I guess it, de- it depends on what um, um, period of their lives you're considering. <laughs> Is T.J. Oshie from Washington? Yes. Is he from Washington? No. <laughs> well, you know, the what's what's the uh, the test is always where do you bring the Stanley Cup to once you get it? That's where you're from. Did T.J. Oshie bring the Stanley Cup to Washington? Nope. That's not where he's from. How was Joe Sackett going to field a roster next year? <laughs> Somebody found the cap page. <laughs> I, I knew this was coming, but oh my God, in heaven! Wow, well, he's not the only one in that position, though. Why do yeah. you think? Why do you think Arizona is okay with playing in a building that might seat five thousand? <laughs> They're not going to have anyone on the roster. They'll just have like because they have a gambling license. That's or a gaming license. That's why they'll, they'll have a bunch of dead contracts. They won't have actual players on the roster. Yeah, and I do. But let's com- let's complain about the teams actually spending money and paying players. Yeah, that's that. That was the other side of that whole discussion. Is everyone complains about players going? You know, teams going over the cap. Nobody complains about teams spending under the cap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Which- Arizona. <laughs> And the more teams that end up doing that actually forces escrow higher when you do the numbers. And it's just like... That's a good thing that hockey players don't do numbers then, huh? I know no one in this game is really intelligent outside of Joe. Um, And Breezeball. I'll give Breezeball. I'm going to give Eisenman a little love there, too. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But... Iceman gets you like 95% of the way, and then you just need a different mind to push it over the top. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Not, no. By the, <laughs> by the way, Iserman, I'm free if you want to pay me for that. <laughs> I mean, one day he just needs to become the president of Hockey Ops and let a new GM take over. So when Detroit is ready to actually win a cup in seven years, let's say. You think it's going to take him seven? Uh, Everything I'm looking at with Moritz Sider alone. I'm, 
I'm going to say their window opens in four, but I, I think he's too stubborn to take a step back, let someone push it over the top. I suppose it depends. Are they in this window where they're going to have multiple shots or are they in a Washington Capitals? We got to fight with this group for several years. Or a, or a, uh, well, thankfully they're not in the Florida Panthers window of let's just get rid of everything and go for it right now and cross our fingers and hope for the best. But you know what? We all reap the benefits because they're fun to watch. This year. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I'll take one good year in the Florida Panthers. And Minnesota Wild because that's all they're going to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And hey, plenty of games on quote-unquote national broadcast for Minnesota lately, which has been nice to see. At least down here in the States. <laughs> I, speaking of watching things, I have been watching the um, stats cast for some of the ESPN games. Mm-hmm. And it really took getting used to because for the Vegas um, Chicago game that I watched which was that that you know Vegas was down three nothing and then oh my god Vegas was tied and then they were behind and you know that that run and gun game the cameras were fixed um, they, they had a side-by-side shot and the cameras were fixed at either end of the ice behind the goal <laughs> So you were literally, you know, looking down the ice at Chicago's goaltender on one frame or on the other frame, you were looking down the ice at the Vegas goaltender. And that so I have a question. Yeah. Did the stats cats help identify who the heck either of those goalies were? Um, yes, they did, because on the bottom third of the screen where the score bug generally is, they actually were rotating through player stats. Oh. And game stats. So you saw that it was Connor D'Elia, and I forget the kid's first name. Actually, I forget most of his name now for Chicago. <laughs> you know, warm body number 12 mm-hmm. in net. Probably way, warm body <laughs> Yeah, which isn't, this, isn't, isn't that reminiscent of their first year in the league? Remember when Fleury got hurt and they didn't have anyone else? And they got to a point where they were using that, that literally that kid from the minor or from uh, major junior oh, at yeah. one point. So it kind of feels like history is rhyming with itself here. But surprisingly, a team can't hold down the fort. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what the differences between that and now is. You have one good year with Peter DeBoer, and that was his—that's his first year. So, <laughs> which uh, we—I'm going to save that conversation for a future episode. And no, I uh, still <laughs> lack of development of prospects. No, uh, no, because they no, turned him no. away. <laughs> no, it's not even that. Lack of coaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so many lacks. But none of them named Eddie. No. 
Now you're talking about having the cameras from behind the goalies facing down ice and all I could sit there. I was at a, I was at a minor league game, uh, somewhere and I was sitting behind the goalie. I was in the Tacoma dome. It was the Tacoma Sabercats way back when. (laughs) Dear God. West coast hockey league. I believe it was. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, I was sitting behind one of the nets it was the Tacoma Dome. Did you, have, did you ever go to a game in the Tacoma Dome, Patrick? I went and saw the Edmonton Oilers play the St. Louis Blues. I'm so sorry. In an <laughs> exhibition game at the Taco Dome. I'm not. Gretzky was there. Um, I've seen the Connect. I saw the, was it the Connects and the Rangers preseason? They had one, I think. Now, anyway. That, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I'd also seen, obviously, the Tacoma Rockets play there before they moved to Kelowna. But I was at a Sabercats game, and I was sitting behind the goalie and thank God I was paying attention to the game because twice, not once, but twice during this game, a putt like pinged off the back of my seat because I moved to one side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I don't mind sitting behind the goalie and watching things play. I just don't like having shots, you know, coming my way. You don't like having to play goal. Right. And so uh, needless to say, after the second time, everybody started keeping their shots really low at that end. (laughs) I wonder why. Um, But yeah, I was just like, oh, well, at least you don't have to worry about getting puck shot at you. (laughs) The the issue I had with the cameras is they weren't they're They're the ones that are attached to the boards, the plexi. Mm-hmm. So they jiggle when they like get the bars get hit. They jiggle when the puck gets rimmed around. They jiggle, you know. Oh God, yeah. And you know, and of course, there's a lot of board play that you can't see because it's literally below your nose, right, or below your chin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you have to look at it from the other end, where all you see is a mass of humanity that looks like, you know. A, a seven-year-old youth soccer match where everyone's just, you know, is congregating around the ball. Okay, so I have a question. We don't have to use this to end it, but you can if you want. <laughs> we, we need to we end need to, things. We need to do something because I am thoroughly confused at how the hell we're getting out of here. <laughs> if we don't stop soon, we'll be here I w- next I was Sunday. waiting for an out to introduce something, but no, let's pull okay, it. Okay, so we'll, we'll revert to the question thing this week. All right. So my question to you guys is this. If you could sit anywhere in the arena, any arena, to watch a hockey game, where specifically is the place you would sit in the arena? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.